0: Good morning, it's your boy, the Nonprofit Sector Connector. Tommy D is in the attic. That's not my song, but maybe I should make up a new song. So look, every single week on a Friday morning, I get a visitor in the attic. And it's so lonely up here in the attic, so it's nice when when people come visit me. Every week, I have a leader of a nonprofit organization that joins me to do two things. Tell their story. And then it's my job to help them amplify their message. And look, we're heading into like 60 episodes of something that was just an idea in my head. It was just something that I said, I want to make an impact on this sector that makes an impact on so many other people. And the way I know how to do it is, first of all, I didn't know how to do a radio show or anything like that, but I knew I wanted to talk to people. I knew I wanted to bring them on and have them tell their story. And that's what we do. Every week, we talk to another leader of a nonprofit organization. There's a couple of things I just want to point out that you should be aware of right now. If you are connected to a nonprofit organization that does any work in the five boroughs of New York City, it is uh, today's February 11th, 2022. Actually, two times 11 is 22. So that's kind of fun to play with the numbers today. Um, see, I just came up with that, Serena, as I was looking down at, at like the camera. Pretty good, right? So I'm like a math, I'm like a math magician. So if you are listening to this currently and you run, sit on the board of, work for a nonprofit that serves people in the five of New York City, go to nycimagineawards.com and fill out the application form. If you want more information about that, send me a note, Tommy D at philanthropyandfocus.com. and Focus is P H O C U S. Uh, Or follow me on TikTok and Instagram, TommyD.NYC. The Imagine Awards is the second annual Imagine Awards in New York City. It's the 10th anniversary out here on Long Island. If you're listening to this sometime in the future, well, then just disregard the last 90 seconds and let's get into today's conversation about what's going on. So I'm the nonprofit sector connector. Kind of a bold statement. I guess my, I should shut off my email again, too. I did that the other day. Uh, I'm the connector. That's probably a connection coming in. That's what's going on. The I don't get where I am without people making introductions for me. And my buddy, Fred Taffer, introduced me to Serena DiBianca. So today, we both have two capital letters in our last name. Serena has a capital D and a capital B, and I have a capital D and a capital M. And because people, well, I've been Tommy D since I'm like two years old. So it, today it's Serena D, if you'll allow me to, and Tommy D in the oh, attic. Sure. Is that okay? <laughs> All right. Good. All right. So look, what do we do on this show every week? We find out about organizations. We find out about the history of the leader, the history of the organization, the impact the organization is making, the programs. And my favorite part, I don't know if I have a favorite part, but I think it, what really gets me juiced is the connections piece. Who do they need to know? Who are they collaborating with? And we know some, there's some professional athletic stuff going on we're going to talk about today, but who are they currently collaborating with? Who do they want to collaborate with? And who may I or people in other parts of my network connect with? And it's funny, we don't have to talk about it now, but I had invited Serena to a networking event and she connected with another friend of mine and that's going to turn into some connection and that's what it's all about. So like, this is the stuff and that's like happening like in real time. Shout out to Lisa, I'll see you later on, but it's funny. That's how this all works. We were talking about that in the virtual green room. All right, Serena, I'm going to read a little bit of background, tiny, tiny bit, because I don't want to tell your story. I don't I don't want anybody else to tell my story. I don't want to tell your story, but I will give up just to kind of frame this a little bit. The organization was started 26 years ago in the midst of the AIDS pandemic to help the mind, body, and spiritual wellness of those affected by HIV and AIDS. So I'm going to read this off the website. Okay. Okay. Um, Founded in 1995 by Sister Bernadette Canary, which I might have butchered your name. Sorry, Sister. Um, Canary. Can I say it again? Canary. 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 I, I look. My half my family's Irish sister. So my apologies. I send you. I send you love. I'm a Catholic schoolboy. Story for another day. And Father Don Riley. S- Siloam, Right. No. It, Silowam. Silowam. I told you this today. <laughs> so that's Serena. She's the executive director. Let's dive into this conversation because I told you the other day when we were talking that I had to Google the, the pronunciation of this, and Google told me Silowam, and then you told me Silowam, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's sure. Silowam. All right, we're gonna write it down again. Silowam Wellness. The executive director. Serena DiBianca is here today. Serena, why don't we start with the pronunciation of the organization? Let's start with that. We just did that. Well, start with, I I always say to my guests, and I asked you the other day when we had a quick phone call about this. Many of my guests are drawn to nonprofit work. They're drawn to service work. They've been involved with service work. Maybe they didn't start there but there's something that brought them there. Can you tell me your story, how you got involved with nonprofit in general, and then how you came to this organization?
1: Sure. Um, I am an accountant and I I did what, you know, accountants do. An accountant in heart. And so I would always start programs within the company that I worked for, Um, I was the corporate controller of a publicly held company. And I started a program for um, returning citizens to get back to work. And so I always had my hand in people and how do I help them? And um, my uncle asked me to go to Ecuador and go to into the rainforest. And it kind of uh, correlates with your song that you have that you play before we come on, which is the people, the earth, the planet, that everybody is interconnected. So that's what we were going to um, Ecuador to learn about the rainforest and how everything is interconnected.
0: It's it's, it's funny you bring that up. I want to give a shout out to our executive producer, Sam Leibowitz. That's actually the song that you're talking about is really, it, it lets people who are listening know that the live shows are about to begin. So it's, it's a, It's interesting if you listen to the lyrics, if not, uh, actually maybe Kyle can give me the name of that song and we'll share it out. I'll put it on Facebook and I I've asked for it in the past and they've hooked me up with it, but I forgot what it is, but it's funny you bring this whole thing up and especially the Ecuador thing. I mean, I got, I got a thousand questions about that whole scene, but the, we are connected Serena. This is like what I'm passionate about. We're supposed to be helping each other out, like enough of this nonsense you know like okay yes my hair is pulled back but i'm a long hair hippie dude like we're supposed to be freaking helping each other like that's the deal enough of this nonsense fighting and you know th- there's a very small group of people who win when we all fight and are on our adversarial but the rest of us are losing because of it we need to be aligned so thank you for pointing out that song sam lebowitz and um We'll, we'll share that with uh, with me, Sam and Kyle, just so we can get that song out there for the people. Let's talk about it. Um, let's talk about Ecuador. I mean, you, your uncle invited you to Ecuador. Like, just why?
1: Well, his wife was supposed to go and then there came a conflict with her schedule. He called me and said, can you go? And as we were, it, was a, it came where to me very early on in the conversations that there were going to be these conference calls. It was before the day of Facebook, so it was about 10 years ago, and we were going to have these conference calls with people all from around the world. There were, I think, 10 of us that were going deep into the rainforest, uh, and there were the billionaires from um, from Australia, there were the millionaires from Malaysia, there were the millionaires from New York, and then there was me, and I said to myself, uh-oh, I don't fit, and I said to my uncle, how come you invited me? Why don't you invite your, you know, your business partner, your wealthy friends? What are you inviting me for? And he goes, I don't know. You're the only person I thought of. You came to my mind. So I invited you. So speed up. We go and we stay with what is called the Achwar community. So it's an indigenous community living steep, steep in the rainforest. And. We were all supposed to have um, James Cameron, who had finished Avatar and wanted to go on this trip, but he had a conflict and wasn't able to make our trip. So those were the people I was traveling with. And I I just said to myself, holy cow, I don't fit in this group of really wealthy people. So um, after we were there for uh, several days, we had a shamanic ceremony and the shaman spent a few minutes with everyone and their dream seekers. So when we were all done and everything had to go up three languages from English to Spanish and from Spanish to Achuar. And he got to me and he said, "The spirit which in my m- m- how I think is God mother nature, whatever you believe in, but this spirit brought my spirit here. That's my soul." Because the spirit wants you to go back and work with people. What does that mean?
0: Hold, hold on a second. I <laughs> What a trip, first of all, right? And I don't just mean physically getting on a plane and going to the place. I mean a trip in another way. Some people are picking up what I'm putting down. But hold on a sec. This, because you've told me this. I'm remembering when we first met and you told me this story. But they going around like, duck-duck-goose around the circle and the spirit, when he starts to tell that he's a shaman, I mean, he's an elder, he's the atwa, right? Correct. And he says, he pauses over you as, as this conversation goes. Correct. And, and says, then,
1: and so we had to tell him our dream. So my dream was um, raindrops and butterflies and a rainbow. And he said to me, the raindrops are the spirit cleansing your spirit. The butterflies are the spirit letting your spirit free. And the rainbow is your spirit is to go wherever the rainbow takes you to do the spirit's work. Right?
0: I mean, I, right? I don't know, right? I mean, I, it sounds right on if to
1: that's me. not confusing i'm i don't cry much and i'm bawling my eyes out thinking i don't know what this means what am i supposed like i had no idea
0: what were you doing at the time professionally were you still practicing as an accountant correct so you go to this other part of the world um where they probably you know not to be offensive but they probably don't even know accounting Right. Like, that's not a thing when you get deep into the rainforest. like, you know, not that they don't know numbers, but, you know, you're not talking spreadsheets and debits and credits like deep in in the rainforest. So, so, and you're like, it must be like other earthly to be there.
1: Everything they do is off nature. They don't even know what a phone is. You know, that kind of a. So.
0: So, so. You're coming back now, right? To whatever this other...
1: Well, actually, no, that's only half of the story. So we th- were there for two weeks and then they take us to the Andes Mountains so we can kind of um reacclimate ourselves back to modern society, to the modern world. And the Andes Mountains is, you know, more of a typical, ho- you know, hotel in Ecuador. And we had a different shamanic ceremony, with an absolutely different shaman who spoke a different indigenous language. Once again, goes around the circle, spends two minutes, gets to me, 20 minutes later, he forbade him in a different language, told the same exact oh, thing. Wow. The spirit brought my spirit there. There was a, now this shamanic ceremony was very different than the first one, but the message was the same. I start crying again. I look over to my uncle. He starts to cry. And he said, now I know why I was the only person. You were the only person I thought of because I was just the conduit to get you here. So now
0: Hold my head blows up. Hold that thought. Cause my mind is blown. People listening minds are blown and we have to tease them. My
1: mind was blown.
0: But I, I get, And we are going to tease them. We're going to come back in 90 seconds. We're in we're back in the Andes Mountains. Second sort of shamanic experience, right? And the same result. This is the nonprofit show, but we're talking about connections at a much deeper level this morning. I wanna get you that song, the name of the song. I'm gonna get with Sam Leibowitz. In fact, he texted me during the show just now. Gets that sh- because it is right on brand with what we're talking about. And I'll get you all that song. This is Philanthropy and Focus. I'm Tommy D. Serena D is here with me. And I'm sort of tingly and bugging out a little bit. I got to be honest with you. It's a conversation we're having. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc.
2: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
1: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
2: Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm feeling a bit ecstatic this morning with this conversation where we're we going. I mean, I'm, I mean, this is so cool. Um, I just texted our friend Sam Leibowitz. It, we are all connected. And it's from the Symphony of Science is the song that we were talking about that Serena was mentioning that sort of leads up. It's a song that we put it here on the um, on the network to alert folks that the live shows are about to begin and it's it's sam just had a commercial during the break there he's the conscious consultant and i think he would get a totally vibe i don't know if you're listening sam but i was just texting him to ask about the song because what a trip this is like you would you, you guys really need to connect but that's that's all another thing. i just
1: wrote this down on my sticky you sam, Leibowitz.
0: sam Leibowitz, the conscious Awakening
1: consultant.
0: humanity you heard him during the break right Yeah, I did. That's our buddy. So actually tell you a funny story about Sam. I know Sam probably from a networking perspective, maybe like, I don't know, 15 years or something, maybe 12 years. And he always told me I had this radio station. And for years, like I threatened that I was going to come down to the studio and like meet with him and life didn't happen that way. So I, I had this idea about this show and Sam and I networked together and I said, I want to do this, but I don't want to do the heavy lifting. I want to have Serena come on the show and we have a conversation and everything else is taken care of. And that's what Sam and his team do for me. So, um, so that's where I started this show, January 8th of last year of, of, uh, of 2021. So, all right. So we're in the Andes, back more of a developed area, right? We're not deep in the jungle anymore, um, in the rainforest. And the same message comes to you again. So what do we do with this data? What do we do with this information, Serena? Uh,
1: well, my head blew up for <laughs> a solid year. I, I came home. I said to my husband, Joe, I have to change my career. I'm going into nonprofit. I told him the story. He's like, follow your heart. So um, I, I went to a, a couple different nonprofits. And each step well, I knew was a step in the right direction. But I also knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be, and then um, and then I was offered the job at Silwam. I knew nothing about people living with AIDS, um, but when I walked in, I knew it was where it was. I was supposed to be. I knew this was the journey for me.
0: How did you get there? Because I know there's even a story like in that too, right? What was it?
1: <laughs> well, yeah they they. Um, you know, they offered me the job and because I'm an accountant, I said, okay, I want to see the books, you know, before we, I get into this and they were $250,000 in debt. They didn't even have enough to last them one operating year. And I said, heck no, I can't do this. This is like insane. So I turned the job down. And then for the next three weeks, I couldn't sleep. So after three weeks, I was running, I worked at the Salvation Army at the time, and I was running a three-day um, event for 900 kids with the 76ers basketball team. And I called up Sister Bernadette and I said, can I come in? My head and my heart are not aligned and I need help. And she said, sure. And I, I she said, come in today. And I said, no, no, I'm running this event, I'll be in. So I went in and we just sat there for an hour and I said, look, I know you've already offered the job to somebody, but maybe I can volunteer. I'll come in once a week. I'll sweep the floor. You don't ever have to tell the ED that you offered me the job. I just feel that I need to be there somehow, some way. I said, and since I always would say, all right, put me where I can be the most, where I can do the most good. And then I turned the job down. I said, did I not have enough faith in God? Did I not have enough faith in myself? Did I not have enough faith in both of us together? And I said, but this is where I need to be. And um, she laughed and she said, well, the executive director was going on vacation for three weeks and she called the psychologist, brother Bob Thornton and said, I can't believe she turned the job down. And he said, Jean, we haven't had an ED for six months. Go on vacation. When you get back, we'll start the search. And then Byrne looked at me in her, you know, true sister Bern, you know, way and said, i was just giving you three weeks to get your act together.
0: So, <laughs> oh my God! I'm here. I, I mean, is Sister Byrne still involved with the organization to this day?
1: Absolutely, is. She just had her 80th birthday last oh, week.
0: Last week, yeah. happy birthday, Sister! Again, Sheminot High School class of 1996. Good Catholic high school boy. I wasn't Great. always. I was a public school kid before that. But, but I always like to point it out when it when I think it's relevant. I look forward to meeting with the team. I want to come down. Uh, to to meet everybody. So Sister Byrne, I look forward to to breaking some bread with you, as they say. Um, So this is an incredible story. And obviously, it was a calling, right? In in that way, where we get drawn to a mission and and called to something. Um, So you
1: call it a leap of faith.
0: Leap of faith. Okay, tell me about that.
1: It was a leap of faith because they had no money. I didn't know if in six months I was going to have a job,
0: right? You know, how do
1: I, how do I fix the finances? Hmm.
0: So tell me about the organization. You get there. uh, It's, it's you're supposed to be there, right? We both agree about that. And why were you supposed to be there first? Actually, before you answer that, you you said something. And I want to underscore it and shout out to a guy who I've not yet met in my life. Although I imagine that I will meet Dr. Joe Dispenza. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about heart and head coherence. And when you said that, you know, you said my heart and my head are not connected. I don't, you know, you said something to that effect. that made me think of Dr. Joe, you know, going inside and in the quantum field and all these different things, which I, I'm I I would say a student of, and and maybe that's saying a lot, but I I'm constantly trying to learn more about this stuff. So you were looking for that alignment, right? You were looking for that sort of connection. So was there something like, can you think of something like tangible that drew you to the programmatic work of the organization aside from the, the just the um, attract something, the attraction of it? Was there something specifically, if you look back that you could say, this work is important to me because? Nope. No.
1: It, I instantly knew. I didn't know if I would get the job, but I instantly knew this is where I'm supposed to be. Don't know how. Don't know why. Just knew.
0: How many years ago is that now? Four. Four years. So let me go back. I want to tell everybody again. The organization was founded by Sister Byrne. Sister, I'm not going to try your last name. I screwed it up once. Riley I can get. So Father Don Riley. And what, 1995. Really an approach to support people in the Philadelphia community living with HIV and AIDS by supporting people. I shout out my friend, Dr. Larry Grubler, CEO of Transitional Services for New York, TSI NY, because he's my second ever guest on this program. And I always shout him out when we talk about support, because Serena, we all need support at different times at different levels of support, whether it be mental health issues, physical health issues, or, you know, not to be silly, but sometimes we need a hug, you know, and sometimes yeah, we need yeah. much more than a hug. But to support folks, this organization growing through mental, emotional, physical, and 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 supporting their spiritual well being as well. So that's siloam.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yay. Yes. All right, gang. If you don't know, I've been trying to say the word right for like a week. So that's it. So Google's wrong. Serena's right. I know how to say it now. So that's setting the stage for a big picture of the organization. What does it look like day in and day out, the work that gets done?
1: Well, the work is very different today than when we started out. And I think we have to remember that when we started, we were deep in the pandemic, the AIDS pandemic. And Father Don would get a phone call saying, hey, we have a gentleman who probably has 48 hours to live. We're going to send him home. But there is no home. Can we can he come to sillawam and Father Don would bring him, put him in front of a fireplace, get him a hot cup of tea and then try because he was either gay, God forbid, um, or could have been a, a former drug addict or whatever the person's, you know, story and journey was he nine times out of 10 they were ostracized from their family. And so Father Don would get on the phone and try to connect the family with their loved one before you know he died, and they were very very successful in doing that. So that's how they started putting in programs for people who, you know, this was they were given a death sentence, and what did that look like, and how do we keep people, you know, emotionally and spiritually well during that journey? Um, today, it's not the death sentence we have. Many, many people with us who have lived through that pandemic have been long-term survivors. And this is a disease where every day they live one day longer is one day longer. Nobody ever expected them to live, right? Right. So we deal with what we call survivors, but really they're thrivers, right? Um, Because a survivor to me is somebody that's just getting by, just surviving. And these people are taking the world by the reins and saying, uh-uh, look, I've made it and there's something for me to t- show and tell. So um, we run on a complete volunteer staff. Our volunteers are the backbone of what we do. It's not me. It is all of us. Um, how we just volunteers- have amazing people.
0: Like on a monthly basis, how many volunteers are, are involved with the organization?
1: Well, we have about 25 volunteers. Yeah, we have, you know, three Reiki masters. We have um, a Tai Chi, Chi Kong master. We have Pilates. We've got, we've got it all. Sister Burns still does um, spiritual retreat with people. She does, you know, spiritual guidance with people. We call it healthy living because even though we were started by a priest and a nun, we're non-religious and we take anybody from anywhere.
0: Healthy living. I like that. I like that. I just think too. You know, Sister Byrne, I'd love to talk to you soon because um, just the evolution that you've seen in, in the Catholic church, you know, in the church in in all these years, you know, like- Are you
1: going to get her in trouble? No,
0: I mean, <laughs> I'm, probably, I'm probably getting myself in trouble right now. No, but I'm She's
1: sure- She's a renegade. Uh,
0: is she a renegade?
1: For, for sure. So, you know, think about it. They they went to the church and they said, you know, we want to do this. And the the church at the time- didn't support being gay
0: yeah yeah no I I mean I'm certainly I'm not going to get you in trouble sister I mean you have a connection to somebody I that you're you're definitely connected probably closer (laughs) than I am but I will shout out my friend sister Tisa Fitzgerald as well who runs an organization in Long Island City Queens called Our Children H-O-U-R and it's representative of the the hour when a mother is uh becomes incarcerated loses that relationship with her children it's the hour that the mom gets to see the child while she's incarcerated and then it's the hour that the mom is released and they have they do incredible work with these women um and they uh you know they transitional housing and educational assistance and they're actually a client of ours we we do some uh we do their insurance work but it's, it's a really, really special organization. And again, another renegade. I mean, Sister T was a, uh, a CNN hero a number of years ago. So I, I you know, I look forward to just kind of, like I say, chatting it up with, with Sister Byrne and, and and folks, because I want to learn. I see more.
1: a lot of synergy. I see a lot of work we can do together with.
0: Yeah. I'd love to, yeah, we could set that up. I mean, you know, Philadelphia and Queens are not so far apart, to be honest. Let's be honest, let's be honest here. You know, we do root for different teams, but but not so far apart. (laughs) Well,
1: everything we do now is on Zoom, so we're really not that far apart. So
0: so true. I mean, I haven't left an attic in two years. This (laughs) I do have to leave the show for a minute so we can go to a quick break, but we will be back and I want to like learn about the day in the life. I mean, you said. Reiki, uh, Healthy Living with Sister Byrne. That should be like a show, sister. Maybe you should do a show called Healthy Living with Sister Byrne. <laughs> I'm Tommy D. The show's called Philanthropy and Focus. We'll be right back.
2: Howdy, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. I'll tell you a funny
0: story, Serena, the gentleman who wrote that song and who was singing that song, is a very good friend of mine, Brendan Levy, and um, I, I love this man, so I, I call him Uncle Brendan, and I've called him Uncle Brendan because I care about him, and he's older than I am, so I was like, well, you don't look anything like me, so I can't call you dad, so I'm going to call you Uncle Brendan, right? <laughs> so I'm on a phone call with uh, Uncle Brendan the other day, and I said, I have my, one of my sons with me, who uh, actually is his birthday today, And, um, I had, uh, I had him in the car with me and I go, Hey, say hi to uncle Brendan. So he says, he's seven. He goes, uh, he goes, are you really our uncle? Like, what's the story? Like, are you our uncle? So, so I had to tell him, he's not our uncle, but he's like family. So, Brendan wrote that song for me. Um, I, I sort of say it's like a, a Lennon and McCartney thing. We sort of wrote the lyrics together, you know, because the whole rhyming static with Attic, I think we played around with that for a little while. But so that's Brendan singing the song. And he actually was the one who introduced me. Story comes full circle um, to Sister T, Sister Tisa Fitzgerald over at Our Children Again. So kind of this all interconnected piece of things. I'm looking at the website. So I have a couple questions. Look at the website, And the website is S-I-L-O-A-M wellness.org. All right. Uh, Because if I said it, you wouldn't know how to spell it anyway. So I figured I'd spell it out for everybody. S-I-L-O-A-M wellness.org. And I'll also share it on the Facebook, uh, the Facebook as well. I was going to say the Facebook link. So it's the Facebook link. Um, The HIV stigma. I mean, you know, I was born in 78. So I remember being scared growing up about what this was. And I think a lot, probably an entire generation of people were scared of of what this was. I mean, people were dying. Many people, people were sick. Um, There's still a stigma around this, this conversation.
1: Absolutely. We have a gentleman um, who right before COVID, came to us in hysterics, straight from the hospital. He had gone to the hospital because he was sick, wasn't feeling well, was in his gown. And when the ER doc walked in with the nurse, he said, get your F in, S-H-I-T stuff on and get out of here. I don't see your kind. Now, my friend was so- COVID? This, this is just happening. Right before COVID. So okay. two years ago, right before COVID. And so he said, what? Not because he didn't hear him, but because like it couldn't set in. And the doctor repeated and said, get your F N S I on and get out of here. I don't see your kind. So who humiliated. You know, if you look back, it's easy for us to say, I would have said, get me another doc. I'm not doing that. But when you're the one who has just been humiliated who has just been you know ostracized and just put down you your first reaction is let me get my stuff and go get out
2: of here well
1: right. and immediately the doctor I mean the nurse called and apologized you know and he had the doctor's name he and I are going to do a segment about what happened to him um but that still happens in few years ago you know, so 2020, that happened to him.
0: So, so this people, is-
1: people go to dinner for Thanksgiving and everyone gets China and you get a paper plate, a paper fork and a paper cup. Because this- if you eat on this, in this day and age.
0: God, you know, that's just, I, I, the word is coming from me is ignorance. I'm, Correct. You know, Correct. Like, I mean, where it, Where's the education on this week? We're 35, 40 years into this. We're, we're still- I mean, real- listen,
1: when I first took the job, I had so many people say to me, aren't you afraid to hug them? I'm like, what? No, I'm not afraid to hug them. Anyway,
0: uh, the stigma
1: yeah. is real, true and horrible.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. So I, I just, I was looking through, I was on LinkedIn early this morning. I mentioned this to you before we started the show today the 2022 philadelphia award tell me about that and i mean you guys are in philly proper outside of philly where where exactly is the organization
1: we're in philly proper um we're on 11th and parish the award was um just blew me away had no idea about it super proud um because of the programs we do, the programming we do is wonderful. One of our major agendas now is educating teens. The largest age group contracting the virus right now is 13 to 24. Say so that that's your eighth graders.
0: Yeah, say that again, because I don't think people realize that. And I knew it because I asked you last week and I did a quick video about it. But that. Yeah, I saw and, that. Yeah, t- let's and, and let's talk about that. Thirteens babies we're talking about.
1: Eighth graders. So it's your eighth graders, your high schoolers, college and grad students, 13 to 24. It's it's everybody who's invincible. As we know, when we were that age, right. we were invincible. Right. Right. Um, and nobody talks about AIDS anymore. Nobody talks about HIV. So the young kids don't even know about it, don't even think about it. And then we can give you some statistics. Philadelphia is five times the national city average. So if you live in Philly... The HIV and AIDS rate is five times higher than L.A., Detroit, Manhattan. Now, yeah. Pennsylvania on a whole is low, but Philadelphia, it's off the hook.
0: Is that—is that—is that, is that, is that it, from your assessment or from what you know, is that drug use? Is it promiscuity? Is it just lack of protection in, you know, uh, what, what is it, if you can? It's
1: all of it. Yeah. It's all of it. And nobody also realizes that it's a sexual network. So if you're having unprotected sex for the very first time, but the person you're having unprotected sex with has had unprotected sex 10 times, then you just extrapolate those numbers and you're now having unprotected sex with 100 people.
0: So I remember growing up and again, growing up. So I'm born in 78. So I'm 10, 11, 12 in 88, 89, 90, becoming aware of the world. I remember the commercials like that, that would kind of, I don't remember them specifically, but I, I, the idea of that, and maybe it was just education in school at the time too, that I'm recalling, but it was like two people and two people and two people like that was that, like that's not spoken of anymore that those sort of things are not, educated on, unless it's an organization. I'm asking, I'm not really saying that I'm asking you in your experience. That's that awareness is not there. And, and when the organization comes in, is that these are types of conversations you'll go into the school systems and and have.
1: Yeah. So when, uh, so we put on sporting events because I was interviewed and somebody asked me, what do you want for Siloam? And I said, I'd love Siloam to go out of business. Not because we don't have any money, but because the disease has been eradicated. And then I thought to myself, how do I do that? How do I be part of that change? How do I be a change agent in that? So going into a school and talking to kids about HIV, they're just going to go click. They're not going to listen to a word I have to say. So I have teamed up with some pro athletes. So I have... um, former 76er Jermaine Jones, and he helped me uh, and and um, coach Phil Martelli, formerly of St. Joe's, he's now with Michigan, and we put together this, this thing called Full Court Press for Awareness, so it's a three-point shootout, age groups, get the kids there, film them, have fun, bring pro athletes, talk to them, and then educate them on HIV, but most importantly, You're not only talking to the kid, but you're talking to their parent. And the most important person to talk to is their coach, because they, you know, teenagers think their parents don't know anything. (laughs) They think their parents are dumb, but they do admire and listen to their coaches. So when the coaches get that information and that's the coach's aha moment, like, holy cow, I should be talking to my students about this. Then that conversation just continues to build.
0: Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I mean, you know, deputizing the coaches as as these change agents, right, giving them the information that they need, because to your point, you know, the, I, I, you know, they're gonna look to the coach. I, and again, having being a father, I, I realized that my children think I don't know much of anything. And I, I, <laughs> my expectation is as they turn in teenagers, they'll probably be pretty confident that I don't know anything. <laughs> so, so that's um, but that's, that's really, really important. And, you know, the, and uh, the, the word I'm going to use might have a negative connotation, but the angle of utilizing and, and leveraging the athletics, I think it's genius. You know, it's kind yeah. of my buddy, Mick Collins just put a basketball here in the chat on Facebook, you know, shout out to Mick, big supporter of the show. Um, you know, I, I see that and I, during COVID, you know, I, I see the, the opportunity with the athletics. Were you limited with during COVID to what you were able to do to, to access the athletes and get that information out there? Did you have to change things a bit?
1: Um, well, let me step back. When March 15th happened and the world closed down as we knew it due to COVID, within four days, I had every one of our programs. Our Reiki, our Pilates, every group class that we did, our Tai Chi, we were up on Zoom. Doing that, prior to COVID, we were a little, you know, holistic mind, body, and spiritual wellness center in Philly. But with that and breaking that open, I now have people that join in from Rwanda, Africa, from Germany, and all over the United States. So SILWAM instantly became global because of the pandemic. So not that I'm happy that there's a pandemic here, but it certainly broadened the you know spectrum for who can come and seek SILWAM's help. It's now to anyone who has a phone or a computer.
0: You know, I, I, of course, neither one of us would, would applaud that there's a pandemic, right? Correct. That's an obvious statement, but there are... I'll even take, I'm going to go out on a limb because this might sound a little bit incorrect, but there are some silver linings, right? Maybe that's a bit much. There's just some things that have changed, some opportunities that have come out of that. I mean, I know it from a business perspective. I know it from the fact that, as a kind of make a joke, my car was over on the mileage and then it wasn't because it didn't leave the front of my house for a year and a half. Um, but But strategically from a nonprofit perspective, I see it in a lot of ways where gala is now uh, a lot of either the hybrid gala which has become you know very um, it, the ubiquitous term right hybrid but also just the the programming that is now done through zoom or otherwise as you said i mean as far as rwanda you know you, you sister Byrne, father don couldn't have dreamt about how we're going to serve these people in rwanda unless we get on a plane and go there right and now right. The, the, the whole thing and the impact is big impact the, the the people served by the programs and the organization are much bigger we actually have to take one last break when we come back though i want you to share with me some of the upcoming events if you have anything going on with, with jermaine jones or or any of the other stuff um you know the the athletes or coach martelli or uh and or who can we connect you with who are you looking to meet serena who are the right people whether they be philly or otherwise um Got this it. all right cool this is philanthropy and focus. I'm your buddy Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. We'll be
2: right back. Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Mind Behind Leadership, where we focus on what leadership really means to us and to others. We have practical discussions with the CEOs of some of the world's largest companies, owners of small businesses, and experts in psychology and behavior to get that inside track, what to do, what to avoid, and what really happens. Join me, Graham Dobbin, at the new time, 4 p.m. every Tuesday for the Mind Behind Leadership here live on talkradio.nyc. Hey,
0: everybody, it's Tommy Dee, the Nonprofit Sector Connector, coming at you from my attic. Many buttons to hit on Zoom. I was like, I'm on Zoom all day, Serena, and I'm like looking to go to the share screen in the chat box when I really wanted the unmute button. So very confusing. I, I, you know, 15 Zoom meetings a day for two years, you think you'd figure this stuff out, but I'm just a work in progress like all of us. All right. So this is Philanthropy in Focus. Serena D and Tommy D in the attic. This is the, uh, the lightning round portion of the show. What's going on with the organization going forward? Who can I or my network connect you with and what does the organization need? Well,
1: what the organization, what is a stumbling block within the organization is what we do is holistic mind, body, and spiritual wellness. Now we do have two psychologists who run trauma support group and brother Bob, who's been with us from the onset, who runs our HIV support group, but they work for the church So they don't have Medicaid IDs, even though they are psychologists. You know, he's an Augustinian brother. So what we do, even though we see people um, and but because they don't have a Medicaid ID, we can't be billed. Therefore, we get no federal or state funding for what we do. Um, So. Then there's the stigma and people don't like to donate to something that they see is with their own lens of, you know, possibly being narrow minded, you know, so they see this disease different than somebody who has cancer or somebody who has diabetes, because there's the blame and the shame that goes along with it. That being said, we never have enough money. So um, we put on programs to educate and Everything SILUAM does runs off of donors and grants. So what my ask would be for today is um, obviously we need donors, but we also need, I would love to hook up with other former athletes who believe in this mission. We have hooked up with uh, football and we've, uh, last year I was involved in what is called um legends football camp and it was run by Isaac Redman who was a former um Pittsburgh Steeler and um Kevin Ross who is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers he's their cornerback coach and they ran this program 300 kids I was there helped them you know run it and be able to talk to those kids so we've got football we've got basketball what other sports, what other pro athletes or local teams would love to get involved in what we do and how we can educate kids? And the last thing that I would ask for is there is a um, contract in Philadelphia called a Community Partnership Act, where it is meant for insurance, health insurance companies to partner with small nonprofits. So because we can't get paid for what we do through the city, if we keep someone living with HIV and AIDS healthy, and we get them to be emotionally healthy, they will follow their medical protocol. So that blend of Eastern and Western medicine is the collaboration that everyone is looking for. Because if I feel I'm not worthy of getting better because I was a drug addict. Or society tells me based on my zip code, I'm no good, or because I am in the the LGBTQ, you know, um, community, society gives you these negative connotations. And Siloam's there to tell you that's all baloney, and that's society's issues, and that you were made exactly how you were meant to be. And how do we honor your journey? So your journey that was yesterday you may have been a drug drug addict but look at you today you're clean you're sober and you deserve to be honored for who you are today and how do we make your tomorrow better than yesterday so in doing all of this you know I've got um Temple Einstein Jefferson those three hospitals send me their HIV patients that they know are emotionally and spiritually broken I've got the nonprofits in the city that do clinical work send me their people, but then I have no way to get reimbursement for that. So, this partnership act, if I partner with, and we have a contract with United Healthcare, so United Healthcare will send me their people and say they have a diagnosis of HIV, diabetes, cancer anxiety, depression, um, substance abuse, smoking cessation, all of these things, they'll send me their people. Because if I can help make them emotionally and spiritually whole, they will follow their medical protocol, which then keeps them out of the hospital and keeps them in our exercise classes, in our trauma support groups, in our HIV support groups, in our Tai Chi class for exercise. And then you're a healthier, more rounded individual that you are proud of yourself, and you're going to stay out of the hospital a lot more than when you didn't believe in yourself. So we have been working with um, other healthcare providers to try to get a same contract, and then they would, I would bill them. They would bill the city. The city would reimburse them, and they'd pay me. So it's a pass through. For someone like United Healthcare, Keystone Health, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna, you know, it would be a pass through for them. It wouldn't cost them any money for us to help. So we only have the one contract of United Healthcare, and I would love to have more.
0: So, oh, all right. So uh, I don't talk too much about what I do professionally, but we own an employee benefits agency, Yank, called the Vanguard Insurance Agency. I'm currently studying for <coughs> registered employee benefits. Uh, certification rebc certification uh in this space we talk i'm learning a, more and more about wellness in these types of programs that similar to what you're referring to we are going to run out of time before we run out of stuff to say which is sort of a policy on the show here but yeah, i yeah. but i want to there's precedent though with uhc here it, this yes. is already, it's already happening so so programmatically the, the like the thing exists it's Ooh. just a matter of bringing this thing to some of the other carriers and and Right. Yeah. And it's
1: all. And and just to clarify, it's only for people on Medicaid and Sillawam's clientele, 91 percent live below the poverty line. So everything we do is for free because we need to get in front of that population that um, doesn't have anywhere else to turn to.
0: Uh, again, something else you said about certain populations based on your zip code. I mean, there's so much here to to really dive into and we're not gonna be able to do it today, but you well, know I'll come back. Yeah, that's don't don't threaten me with a good time, Serena D. Don't do it. All right. Here's, here's the thing about it though. I would love for you to come back and we will work that out. And you know, I told you this morning before we got a, a, we went live. I had this other idea for a whole nother show, and it's um It's called Important Conversations with Tommy D. It doesn't even exist yet, but neither did Philanthropy and Focus a bunch of years back. So, um, and these are important conversations that we're having. So I want to talk to you more about the carrier thing. I want to talk to you more about the insurance thing. We'll do it offline. We'll talk about that. I want to give, uh, you know, just a quick announcement of next week on the show, Renee and Andy Van Heel from Every Swipe Benefits Charity will be here, which is a 501c3 that gives businesses a philanthropic arm while providing a fundraising platform to charities through credit card processing. My friend, Mick Collins, who's a big fan of the show, good friend of mine uh, is always checking in and helping me out behind the scenes here. Like when I don't know an answer to something, Mick will put the answer in the chat. Mick is a representative of this company and he has this awesome opportunity. He gets to go around the country, giving out the big checks to nonprofit organizations. We're going to hear about how business aligns with nonprofit when Andy and uh and renee are here with me in the attic next week every week we do this from 10 to 11 a.m uh serena i can't say thank you more than a, like i just not, i'm so appreciative of you being here shout out to fred taffer because if it's not for my buddy fred making this connection none of these things happen sister burn i am thrilled to meet you in person very soon as soon as i i get down to the the sister well excuse me The city of sisterly and brotherly love. I will be down soon. I have two daughters, so make sure you got to throw that sisterly love in there too. Not just brotherly love. Serena. I I love
1: being in the attic.
0: I never thought
1: I'd say that, but I love being in the attic. I
0: welcome you to my attic and you're always welcome back. Say what else you got to say before we go.
1: I'd like to say thank you to all of our volunteers who put out their time, their love and their goodwill to help, uh, our teachers, the people that are living with um, HIV and AIDS. So, thank, thank you to all of them I for their
0: trust. It. Thank you to all the volunteers. Volunteering is critical. I appreciate. We're going to end the stigma around this disease, thanks, Tommy. Thank you, Serena. We're going to end the stigma around HIV and AIDS. We're going to end the stigma stigma around mental health issues. I'm here to do whatever I can. I think I got 50 years left to go, so I'm going to work on the best I can. You and me both. I'll see you all later on, Kyle. Thanks for doing a great job. Thank you. Right.
2: Bye, everybody. need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic.
1: You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
2: Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL, every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc.